before baby. Her name Nima. I think if she's been like this all night, the stench is probably the baby in a soiled diaper. Gently, I asked Keita about her sister. Did something happen to her? I don't know. Baby's sick two days. Last night she hold it and today she's still here. I look back at the mother and ask softly, Nima, may I take your child to change the diaper? I peel the baby from her arms and for a second, I'm wondering if I am being taken for a scam to get me into their shack to rob me because the baby feels like a doll, hard and stiff. I quickly unwrap it to see as Nima keeps rocking. Oh, my God. It is a real baby. A baby boy, dead. His body rigid and his eyes open. A familiar shockwave courses through my veins. Every nerve stands on end. I begin to feel dizzy. My mind wanders in awe and horror as I reflect at how I have come to this very space and time in a circular trip that has taken almost three decades and a journey to the other side of the world. This is a moment to be reckoned with from which I cannot run. My heart is caught in a trap and the first thought that comes to mind is, I don't think I can go through this again. As I come into our house one evening after a meeting for work, the lights are off and a dark figure lunges out from around the corner and throws me down on the couch. His body crushes me as his hands press down on my throat, choking off my air. My head is dangling over the edge of the cushion, causing a searing pain down my spine. My eyes go wide from the pressure and from the fear. It is not until I hear his voice that I realize it is my husband. You see, you see, bitch, this is what can happen to you if you stay out after dark. It's a mean world out there. It's not safe, and don't you ever stay out late again. I hadn't been there earlier to make his dinner, and I'm sure that infuriated him. I managed to wrangle myself out from under him because I've been lifting weights to get strong enough to fight back one day. The combination of this outrageous, nonsensical behavior my getting stronger and getting fed up with being his punching bag culminates in a surge of courage as I explode. The only place I am in danger is right here in my own home. That bold comment led to more bruises and an evening filled with terror. I'd met my Prince Charming when I was 20 years old, waiting tables at a restaurant by the university I was attending. He was handsome, brilliant, and had a successful business franchised across the U.S. He was in town to open a new location. While there, he treated me like a queen and charmed the pants off me, such that when he offered to have me move across the country to live with him, I accepted. We had a fine life, yet over time I discovered he had a bit of a temper, but to me, that translated as he was a passionate person with strong feelings about what he believed in. His temper was never directed at me, that is, until I signed on the dotted line of the marriage certificate. For years after, I was taught that I was an awful wife, a shameful, terrible person, and that's why he always got mad. If I were a better person, he wouldn't get so mad. I took his every word as law. A forced amnesia, I forgot who I was, 
and tried to become whom he wanted me to be. I wrecked myself trying to be perfect. I lived every moment of the day trying to please him. I knew he wanted his shoes by the front door before he did. My being perfect was literally a survival tactic. It took me years to figure out that it didn't matter what I did or didn't do, he would still blow up. One morning came the breaking point for me. I cooked his eggs wrong, and he became so outraged, he turned the dining room table over, smashing dishes and food everywhere. He jumped on top of me, pounding and pounding. Our four-year-old son, Ford, jumped on top of him, trying to choke him, screaming, Don't you hurt my mom! Don't you hurt my mom! I looked over to see our two-year-old daughter standing by with a look of terror in her tear-filled eyes. That was it for me.